long-awaited episode. We are doing an HPBC episode, which if you're not familiar, that is Harry Potter Book Club, and that consists of myself and Lauren, and then two people you already know if you're a loyal listener, Sarah and Emma. <laughs> I pointed at the wrong person first. <laughs> Sarah and Emma have already been on the podcast. You should have heard their episodes. If not, you should go listen to them. Uh, with Emma, we did <laughs> the page to screen, and then Sarah, by the time of this recording, her episode has technically not been released, but it has been recorded, and it was the PBS Kids show, looking at that, so if you haven't listened to those, you should definitely go check them out. Well, HPBC was something that I kind of thought up. I reread Harry Potter in the summer of 2018, and this is when Lauren and Sarah were still living together in our original brownstone apartment, and I would sometimes come and visit, and I was like, you guys, we should do... A Harry Potter book club. Like, I love Harry Potter. I know you guys love it. Sarah was immediately on board. <laughs> we emailed Emma because Emma wasn't living at the time mm-hmm. there. She wasn't living. She wasn't living <laughs> at the time. She was currently deceased. She was in the process of being resuscitated. <laughs> <laughs> Happily, she has rejoined us <laughs> over the span of several months. <laughs> you guys are getting such a glimpse into what our HPBC is. <laughs> but Emma was completely on board and Lauren was like, I got a busy semester. Sounds fun, but I'm not joining. So you're like, fine, whatever. I specifically remember getting so excited before our first meeting. <laughs> like, we said we were going to start reading on the first. We'd read X number of chapters a week. We'd have weekly meetings. I remember texting, like, Mars is bright tonight or something yes. like that. And Sarah, like, responds with the <laughs> whatever the third. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... The first meeting we had, I was telling Lauren, like, you can come even though you haven't read the book. Like, it's fine. I mean, she's read Harry Potter. <laughs> a few times. She's even not. though you don't know anything about the series. I hadn't had the, the assigned reading yes. or any of the prep that I was like, assigned. you should come along because, well, otherwise, what are you going to do on this Friday night? And <laughs> it's not like you got to do anything. Don't have okay, so that came out wrong. <laughs> What else would you do? The first week of school, okay. I don't want you to feel lonely. Painting me in a bad light. All alone by yourself, because we both know you have nothing planned. Oh my gosh. Uh, Truthfully, I did not actually have anything planned. (laughs) Um, So Lauren came and was immediately sucked into it and completely joined the club and would do the assigned readings. I had to travel... For my clinicals to Salt Lake, so I would listen to the books on CD while I was driving. So yes. that was my way around my schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so full participation. Doesn't matter how you ingest Harry Potter as long as you do. And she participated even though in our first meeting I had a special gift for everyone involved because I had just gone to Comic Con <laughs> and I got Harry Potter buttons for everyone, everyone being me and Rachel and Emma because Lauren wasn't going to be participating and then it was surprise Lauren's coming after and I was like oh no I didn't get her a button because I got I got you I got Rachel a Remus Lupin Lupin button I can't remember what I got Emma I don't remember 
but they were very You've specific. You've gotten me buttons a lot of times, it's so true. it's hard to know which know. time it was, but yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a big one that's like, uh, what, like a, a chapter, chapter heading. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a, it's a book. It's, it's a, yeah. Is it the potions book? I think yes. so. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's. But you did have a little Hufflepuff. Yes, I did have a little it wasn't, black it was and yellow. Oh, yeah. it was just <laughs> false Hufflepuff. Yeah, it was just from the art department. Like they had a little bin where you can get free bi- uh, pins. And, uh, she didn't even pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, this isn't really specific to you, but at least it's Hufflepuff colors. <laughs> if we did HPBC superlatives, it would Lauren would be the most likely to receive a pity pin. <laughs> just honored to get anything because I didn't even like plan on being there so I hadn't <laughs> registered as a member of the club yet <laughs> and we did pretty strong up until book five mm-hmm. and then I feel like it was because by that point it was the winter semester and was it book four book four was spotty too book four was spotty but we got there because I remember we finished book five and then we didn't ever do six or seven Okay, yeah. maybe I didn't finish. Okay, that's a, that's a possibility. <laughs> Things funny. got rough yeah. later for everybody, and um, but it was the, just hard to s- juggle schedules. Yeah, and everything. yeah. But the great thing about HPBC is it comes back in full force, mm-hmm. and I think we restarted it again. And then during the pandemic, we it kind of got restarted, and we had a Google Doc instead of weekly meetings because that felt too hard and. Yeah, HPVC is always great. We've had some fantastic parties, which you might hear about later, so stay tuned. <laughs> but uh, since both of you have been on the podcast already, we're going to switch up the set questions. And since it's specialty HPVC edition, they're all going to be Harry Potter related. Surprise. So, and Lauren and I will also participate in these. Right now, you're going to introduce your Hogwarts selves, which includes your house, your wand, and your Patronus. We'll go in classic... HPB style, which is Serrell, S-E-R-L, oh. <laughs> Sarah, Emma, Rachel, Lauren. How do we decide that? I think I just did it once and kept yeah. it forever. Because <laughs> we <laughs> I really was trying to make that work in my head with, I was like, in my head it was like, Slytherin, Emma. Ravenclaw, Lauren. Even though that is not her house. <laughs> I'm in Gryffindor, uh, but I'm more of a Remus Lupin or Neville Longbottom Gryffindor than like a Fred or George Weasley Gryffindor. Uh, my wand is cedarwood and dragonheart string, uh, 12 and 3 quarter inches, slightly springy. 12 and 3 quarters? That's long. It is long. Wow. <laughs> Especially considering that Sarah is short in stature. Yes. Doesn't it ask you what your height is? Um, it asks if you're, if you consider yourself short, Got tall, it. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know what they use for the Taller than average. Or, oh yeah, taller yeah. than average. Yeah. Well, average. average. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, mine's quite long. <laughs> and then I, I need to like measure out how long that is. I mean, I feel like it would be... It's like a little bit more than a foot... Yeah, but like spatially, I feel like I'd have to be a lot more careful than I think I'd have uh-huh. to, to actually wave my wand and be like smacking both of you. Oh, Patronus. My Patronus is a fox. So jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emma. Uh, this is Emma. I, <laughs> uh, I'm a Slytherin. I, my wand is 14 and a half inches. 
Um, oh my gosh! I know. What? It's not crazy. Making a long <laughs> when I look at, because I've looked up like Hagrid has a really long wand. Yeah, There's it's somebody like sixteen else inches. Who I looked up who has a long wand, but it's like not that much longer than mine. It's yeah. like oh, this is one of the longest wands in the Harry Potter verse, besides Hagrid, and he's half giant. Right. And it was like fourteen and three quarters, and I was like, well, mine's <laughs> shorter is shorter than that. <laughs> so I don't know why. Um, but fourteen and a half inches fur. Uh, Phoenix Feather, Unbending, Flexibility, and my Patronus is a Buzzard. Classic. Alright, mine is, I'm in Ravenclaw. And I also have to say, Emma used to be in Ravenclaw, and then... It's, it's dicey. (laughs) Still. (laughs) And then, I mean, I, I, you know, it's up to you. (laughs) I sometimes test as Ravenclaw, but when I look at the qualities or when I, when there's ever anything that's like, oh, relate to this or, oh, you know, this is such a slithering response or slithering way of thinking about things with those, I'm always like, yeah, no, that's, I am slithering. Yes. My wand is hazel, which can detect water, which is pretty cool. What? I didn't know we were including fun facts about our wand. Obviously I will. (laughs) Um, unicorn hair, which Hazel and unicorn combined means that if I die or, like, lose my wand, my wand dies, too. Like, it's very in tune with me and my emotions, apparently, also. So if I'm angry, it, like, sparks. So wow, that felt targeted. <laughs> <laughs> um, ten and three quarters, unyielding flexibility. Oh, same as Bellatrix. I know. Also feels, like, very on the nose for me. <laughs> now I want to see our wands side by side. Yours <laughs> <laughs> is four inches longer. Mine is so long. Almost a full four inches longer than yours. <laughs> it is, because, is it? Oh, no, it's Four and a half, yeah. Um, and then my Patronus is an Osprey. So, I'm in Hufflepuff, and my wand is ten and three quarters inches as well. Rowan Wood. With the unicorn hair and quite bendy flexibility. Ooh. Rowanwood has always been much favored for wands because it's reputed to be more protective than any other. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, renders all manner of defensive charms, especially strong and difficult to break. It is commonly stated that no dark witch or wizard has ever owned a Rowan wand, and I cannot recall a single instance where one of my own Rowan wands has gone on to do evil in the world. Wow. Rowan is most happily pleased with the clear-headed and the pure-hearted, but this reputation for virtue ought not to fool anyone. These wands are the equal of any, often the better, and frequently outperform each others in duels. Wow. I'm frightened by her excellence. <laughs> <laughs> I am so holy. <laughs> now I feel like need to read yours and Sarah's. I have mine written oh, okay. in my excellent. <laughs> oh. Dragon Heartstring. As a rule, Dragon Heartstrings produce wands with the most power and which are capable of the most flamboyant spells. Dragon wands tend to learn more quickly than other types. While they can change allegiance if one from their original master, they always bond strongly with their current owner. The dragon wand tends to be easiest to turn to the dark arts, opposite of Lauren! <laughs> <laughs> Though it will not incline that way of its own accord. Oh good, so my wand's not gonna like start spewing dark <laughs> people. spells at people. Like, like, camera! You're like, oh, <laughs> Guardian of <Mara. laughs> yeah. Like suddenly it's a green spell! <laughs> It is also the most prone of three of the three cores to be to accidents, being somewhat temperamental. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Wandwood Cedar. Whenever I meet one who carries a cedar wand, I find strength of character and unusual loyalty. My father used to always say, "You will never fool the cedar carrier," and I agree. The cedar wand finds its perfect home where there is perspicacity and perception. 
I would go further than my father, however, in saying that I have never yet met the owner of a cedar wand whom I would care to cross, especially if harm is done to those of whom they are fond. Oh. The witch or wizard who is well-matched with cedar carries the potential to be a frightening adversary, which often comes as a surprise to those who have thoughtlessly challenged them. Mmm, I like that. And also feels pretty accurate. Phoenix says... I guess I'll start with that. Um, <laughs> it says, this is the rarest core type. Phoenix feathers are capable of the greatest range of magic, though they may take longer than either unicorn or dragon cores to reveal this. They show the most initiative, something, sometimes acting of their own accord, a quality that many witches and wizards dislike. Phoenix feather wands are always the pickiest when it comes to potential owners. For the creature from which they are taken is one of the most independent and detached in the world. These <laughs> <laughs> wands... These ones are the hardest to tame and to personalize, and their allegiance is usually hard won. That sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> nah. Um, then for my august grandfather, Gerbald Octavius Ollivander, always called wands of this wood the survivor's wand because he had sold it to three wizards who subsequently passed through mortal peril unscathed. There's no doubt that this wood, coming as it does from the most resilient of trees, produces wands that demand staying power and strength of purpose in their true owners, and that they are poor tools in the hands of the changeable and indecisive. Fur wands are particularly suited to transfiguration and favor owners of focused, strong-minded, and occasionally intimidating demeanor. Thank um, you. I don't think I said my Patronus. Oh, we got real <laughs> very, sorry, very sorry about that. <laughs> oh, we got uh, This is always what happens. It's <laughs> true. We go down different holes and then we have to come back. It is usually on your turn. Too. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a West Highland Terrier Patronus. It is time for the most intense slash important part of this podcast, the 30 and 30. <laughs> It's all Harry Potter themed, and it'll be randomized, so one of you doesn't have to leave because you'll probably get different questions. Favorite British expletive swear word or not? Bollocks. <laughs> Centaurs are good, evil, or neutral? Good. Favorite ghost? Ooh, Bloody Baron. Uh, best score? Ah, um, uh, I can't do this. Skip. <laughs> Just a house that isn't your own. Uh, Ravenclaw. Patronus memory. Um, eating watermelon at PBC. <laughs> Weird sisters or Molly's, uh, like the Celestina Warbeck. Oh, Celestina Warbeck. Uh, who would you polyjuice potion into? Harry Styles. Best HP villain. Oh, uh, definitely Draco. Uh, favorite spell. Lewis. Wor- worst job in the Wizarding World. Probably, the like anybody who just does regular muggle type stuff but like in the wizarding world i'm gonna give you one more we're like I... cleaning and stuff <laughs> or doing like desk work i'm gonna give you one more because i messed up on the weird sisters what is your ilvermorny house i'm actually not sure oh i'm gonna have to look that up sarah are you ready go worst job in the wizarding world maintenance hogwarts student crush mm, oliver wood favorite horcrux diadem harry's best year of school Alter ego slash role model. Luna Lovegood. House that isn't your own. Hufflepuff. Favorite British expletive swear word or not? Uh. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> Triwizard task you choose. Um, the Lake. Favorite HP movie. The first. Favorite ghost. Yeah, who lives like. School pet. Cat. Ministry job you want. Um, magical transportation. Favorite spell. 
the most. Best score. Mm, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Sentos are good, not evil or neutral. Good. It's Grindelwald versus Voldemort. Voldemort. Weird sisters or Sociomorphic. All right, we are moving into the theme of our, or the main topic, is Harry Potter character Palooza. Our most beloved uh, format. It's true. And we will break from our Cyril just to keep in order of how we're sitting right now. We'll go. Sarah, Lauren, Emma, myself, and yeah. So the first category is we're talking about the character that matches up with our Enneagram and or Myers-Briggs. I am an Enneagram number four, which is the individualist, um, and Harry Potter characters who are also this type are Luna Lovegood, Sybil Trelawney, and Severus Snape. Which, I mean, we, we briefly talked about this earlier because I was like, why is Snape in this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Snape probably is on the more... Uh, unhealthy side of the individualist spectrum. And for Myers-Briggs, I am an INFP, which is introverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Also Luna Lovegood. (laughs) Just Luna, Luna, Luna. (laughs) So I didn't look at the Enneagram and then Rachel got mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't get mad. (laughs) I did, but I didn't Um, But I guess I'm a type 9, which I don't know what that determines. Peacemaker. Peacemaker, which is probably accurate. Um, But the only, I mean, I also had Luna Lovegood on there for nine, and then I had Remus Lupin. Um, And Harry. Oh, and Harry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't look into that one as much. I just remember because I was excited for you. (laughs) And then for Myers-Briggs, I'm ISFP the artist, which is funny, (laughs) because I'm sitting next to an artist. (laughs) Um, but they, in one of the charts, it says Hagrid. With Myers-Briggs for mine, I'm having trouble, like, I don't know, they kind of hop around, where often my, my type is, um, INTJ, and it's often the, the, like, villain, or kind of a more evil, or more sinister character, so it kind of seems like in a lot of these charts they're grasping at straws, like <laughs> trying to figure out like just a place to shove. Because they've listed like I've seen it be Lucius Malfoy, I've seen it be Draco Malfoy, I've seen it be Severus Snape, I've seen it be uh, Voldemort, I've seen it be all four of those. And I'm like, those are all very different characters. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing that they share in common is just their like some of their intentions, but they are all um, evil. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not like a hundred percent sold on any of those. I do feel like probably Severus Snape is the closest to what I know of that type, but I've also seen him be ISTJ, so who knows. Um, I feel like the more accurate is Enneagram 5, which is what I am, which is the observer. Um, and I have seen a few random ones, but this one is um, has Albus Dumbledore and Arthur Weasley, with Dumbledore being a wing four and um, Mr. Weasley being a wing six. So My Enneagram, which I feel like I like, resonate more with the Enneagram than the MB, Myers-Briggs, whatever. Um, but all the Enneagram characters are terrible. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart. Incredible. Draco, <laughs> you don't want to be friends with Gilderoy Lockhart, though. <laughs> but, like, also I see it, so that's unfortunate. Uh, Draco Malfoy, Fleur Delacour, Tom Riddle, and Rita Skeeter. So it's like what you're saying about all the villains. I'm like, yep, that's what I got in the Enneagram. All the secondary, oh, yeah. villains. secondary <laughs> villains. And I feel like on most Enneagram charts for p- things generally, 
it's always a villain that gets in number three. So interesting, like, cool. <laughs> but for single minded, exactly. <laughs> um, but in a weird way, I feel like we were talking once about like cool versus warm colors and like Hufflepuff and uh, Gryffindor. Like mm-hmm. you two have this vibe, and then I feel like Emma and I also have this vibe. <laughs> so it's like there's yeah, there's it works like intensity out. <laughs> in different directions. Yeah, and then but my Myers Briggs is Dumbledore, which. Like, I always, I'm ENFJ, and it, they always get, like, the most intense and wise character, and I'm always like, <laughs> So I don't like any of the characters I got, so that's fun, but... Alright, the character you want to open a shop with, and also, what shop would that be? I... This is going to be different than what I answered in the Google Doc that one time. That's fine. This is today and now. Okay. <laughs> um, but I decided I would open an art store <laughs> with wizarding art supplies uh, with Luna Lovegood. Oh. Because uh, she does those beautiful paintings yeah. of her friends on her ceiling. And also, I think it would be so fascinating to learn how portraits are enchanted to move and, like, does that happen while you're painting it, or does it happen afterwards? Oh, like, what's the process I there? So magical. It sounds amazing. I love that. That's Ugh. perfect. And, uh, of course, we would have collage supplies and stuff, because that's a given. <laughs> and how cool would it be to collage with the pictures that move? Oh, my yeah. gosh. And do you cause them pain when you cut them? I didn't even think of that! <laughs> <laughs> or you could enchant your collage so, like, the little pieces would move around. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Amazing. Magical. <laughs> so many possibilities. <laughs> um, I chose Dobby. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh! I don't think he'd be a very good business partner. But <laughs> I think that he'd be good at advertising. Mm. Like he'd be—he's totally not afraid to go and like tell everybody that oh, Dobby has a shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we would sell socks. Oh, I love that. And I, I also I, just love that your idea of advertising. Dobby <laughs> <laughs> this that's all you have to do <laughs> is tell people that. Yes, that's it. Toby has a shop. <laughs> Are they like s- say no more? <laughs> I'm coming. Are they socks that don't match though? I think that we'd have both kinds because okay. um, I mean that's Dobby style is to just do single socks and wear them wear multiple on top of each other. Um, but then I like to match usually. Yeah. Um, but I. I kind of went through a phase where I loved socks and now I oh. buy so many socks. And I have been doing that less because I have too many. <laughs> but I think it would be fun to sell. I love that. Have a sock shop, which is also unique. I don't know if there's very many. I think Dobby would be like a really good sales clerk, actually. And he'd very dedicated very... to his job. Unless yeah. you get an angry customer, then he'd just wither. Oh, poor Dobby. No, he knows how to. Now Stand he'll have for himself. newfound confidence. Since okay, he's not, yeah, he's, he's, not he's as crazy. long as the Malfoys don't come in, yes. he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think the Malfoys would grace their store's presence. <laughs> like Dobby has a shop. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go support Dobby in this new venture. <laughs> My original answer was open a shop with Arthur Weasley, um, and have it be like Ooh. Muggle type stuff. I guess. Ooh. Arthur might not be the best person to do that with since he doesn't actually know a lot, but <laughs> maybe I could argue that so he was actually muggle form. But um, just because of, I think Arthur would like to fund that or at least be involved. But I think 
It could be a lot of stuff that the Muggleborn students don't necessarily have access to when mm-hmm. they're at Hogwarts. Love that. Like a ballpoint pen, it really seems like they're behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> So things like that, or like a paperclip or whatever. Um, but then also, there could just be really random things that the wizarding, you know, like people who are only born in wizarding families would be like, wow, what a cool item. And everyone's like, it's just, it's just a tape. <laughs> like it's just a piece of tape or like, a, yeah. Yeah. I love thinking about this in context of Harry Potter takes place in the 90s. Right. So yeah. having like all the 90s memorabilia and it's stuff. It's going to be like, have like fashion too. Yeah. Like yes. for, yeah. Incredible. I feel like Arthur would actually be great because for the non-muggles, like he could hype it up so much. Mm-hmm. He'd be yeah. so stoked about mm-hmm. everything that like he'd be a great salesman. He'd be like, have you seen a stapler before? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. That's Isn't great. that dangerous? Very passionate. <laughs> Um, I feel like this is kind of the obvious one, but I had to go for it. I'm teaming up with Florian. Yes! <laughs> um, but we're gonna open a bar, because that is an actual mm. ambition I have. Oh my gosh. And amazing. I guess it would technically rival the Leaky Cauldron, but we're coming for you. I think he has a great work ethic. He's already really good at brainstorming different flavors, and then, like, he's such a story man, and you need that at a bar, like, oh being heart. able to hear and tell stories. It'd be iconic. For those of you who don't know, because Florian is a common character among HPBC, but a pretty not <laughs> well known. He's in the third book, and he gives he runs the ice cream shop in Diagon Alley and gives ice cream to Harry and tells him about the witch burnings in history. In the twelfth century. And then he does make an appearance in the seventh book, and by appearance I mean disappearance. Rip. Rip. <laughs> we don't like to talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a hero and we love him. Uh, any honorable mentions in this category? I feel like for an art store, I feel like Molly Weasley would be good for that. Oh, Because I think she has the kind of organized but not organized way of doing things. You know how the borough is set up where everything has a place, but it's kind of a funny place? I feel like that's how most art stores are. Mm-hmm. So, and I think she'd get excited about collecting magazines, especially if they have Gilderoy Lockhart's face on them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Anybody else? I was thinking about, like, it would be fun to have a store with Lucius Malfoy. Um, What a dream. Or anybody, like, I I mean, Sirius Black doesn't care anymore, but (gasps) Regulus Black during his lifetime uh, would have cared but like having a store that's like has like fancy and high quality things like a mm-hmm. like a boutique with really like luxurious chocolates or soaps that only certain like hoity-toity uh, wizarding families would even enjoy yeah amazing i'm such a fan um i did pick kingsley shacklebolt i feel like he and i could open a really cool bookstore for some reason, oh I just feel like gosh. he'd be excellent at giving reading recommendations. Oh, and, like, and you finding... can have readings. Like, can you imagine hearing his voice? Yes, <laughs> iconic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Basically, I would do all the behind the scenes, and Kingsley can be the face of the store. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I feel like he'd have really good taste with like decor too. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Yeah. He strikes me as the type who would have a vision for that. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to our next category: choosing a deep cut character. <laughs> Someone who's obscure, but beloved. I mean, so. I don't know how obscure he is, but Charlie Weasley, of course. Mm-hmm. Classic. 
I just always pictured him as being so handsome. <laughs> and I always felt like he was the Weasley that I'd get along with the best. Even though he makes, like, two appearances. <laughs> but it's referenced often. Yes. Okay, like, I'm, I'm reading into these appearances and I know we are meant for each other. <laughs> always in conjunction with a dragon. Plus, yeah, how cool would it be to hear about, like, daily life dealing with dragons all the time? <laughs> oh my gosh. You like a man that's rugged, that's got a lot of burns and scars <laughs> on his arms. <laughs> Working with the dragons. <laughs> Poor Nile. <laughs> he does have scarry Oh my gosh! Arms. It's a type! <laughs> oh wow. My deep cut character is the Bulgarian Minister of Magic. Oh! Yes! From book four. Oh my gosh. When they go to the tri- no, the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. And Cornelius Fudge has the Bulgarian prime minister with him, and he's trying to, like, explain what's going on, but, um, he doesn't speak English, Mm -hmm. they think. Um, and his name is, Fudge introduces him as Oblansk, or something. I looked that up. I didn't know that off the top of my head. (laughs) Just pretend you did. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) And then, at the, when the game's over, he speaks in English. He's like, well, we've tried, or something. (laughs) God is like, you've spoken English this whole time, and I've been blundering through, and he, and he did it because he was just entertained. And I just think... Well, it was very funny. (laughs) I think that is a mood. (laughs) He, he's my hero. Comes to mind is Madame Rosmerta. Mm. Um, in the movies, I... She doesn't get a lot of airtime or mm-hmm. mention, so then in the books I'm always surprised at how often she's mentioned and mm-hmm. how, like, sexy she is and, like, <laughs> how everybody's, like, <laughs> making a move or, like, trying to talk to her or, like, all this stuff. I'm, I don't know. I'm, like, there's something, and the way she has, like, individualized relationships with so many of her patrons where mm-hmm. they, she's, like, sending them little things or those no, orders their favorite and stuff. Drink, yeah. Yeah, she's very much in the community. Love it. You guys know I had to go with Justin Finch Fletchley here. <laughs> My love for... I don't know that I've ever told you guys this. I think you know. Um, because of the episode that we recorded with them. But my cousins, Megan and Natalie, had the Lego Harry Potter game. And they, like, love Justin Finch Fletchley. And they would just, like, chant his name. So that's kind of where my love for him comes oh, from. Lord. Is that experience as a child. But, like, he is the one true hero. The finest Hufflepuff. He's better than Cedric Diggory. We Stop. love... Fletchley forever. All right, and honorable mentions people wanted to drop. Bob Ogden. I also had Bob yes, Ogden. Yes, I was going to say Bob Ogden. <laughs> we are Bob Ogden fans. Bob Ogden was in a tough position. He was in a tough position. Bob Ogden is in the memory of um, going back to the... The Gaunt House. Yes, the Gaunt House, and he's the Ministry of Magic worker who comes... Like, so, tries to stop Marope from being abused, and mm-hmm. it, and it's a wild situation. It is. Like there are a lot of unexpected and, and unpleasant things not, happening, and it, it does not leave off on a especially savory <laughs> note. Right? Yes, yes, like they're speaking in parcel tongue. He doesn't understand. He's and like, like what? <laughs> memory ends with him like running for his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, it takes a lot of twists and turns, and a lot of things are being revealed that is <laughs> shocking and disturbing <laughs> yes. all along the way, but. 
Bob Ogden never wavers. He is not phased. In his professionalism. <laughs> well, I think he's is... probably the most polite man to go yes. and try and arrest someone. But not a, <laughs> he's not a pushover, though. You yeah. know, no. like, when things are, like, are unacceptable and happening, yeah, he's I like... Yeah, he, like, says something and he's like, like whoa. Hey, whoa. Yeah. whoa. <laughs> he's setting boundaries. <laughs> yes. He's an assertive communicator, <laughs> even in the worst of times. What a good example. A good man. Are such fans of Bob. A Bob? Yeah, no, Bob. <laughs> it deserves a raise. Bob deserves more respect. I don't know what his position was within the ministry, but whatever it was, it should have been higher. Okay, Bob for minister. Justice Bob for Bob. Is so cool, calm, and collected, and moderate and fair. <laughs> And yet respectful to the very end. <laughs> this is also such insight into our meetings. <laughs> we find the most obscure character and we're like, Justice! I <laughs> said Bob Ogden and then everyone else was like, I had Bob too. <laughs> yeah, Bob! I did want to put Pierce Polkis down, but he's actually not a great character. But that's <laughs> like justice for Pierce. A long-standing quote of yes. mine is Justice, justice for Pierce because he was cut out of the movies. Uh, oh, I do have another mention I just remembered. Um, I don't know if she's just a caretaker or whatever at the orphanage where oh. Tom Riddle um, grew up. But one of my favorite quotes of the entire series, I remember hearing it when I was a kid on the book on tape and just dying. But she says, that's better than a bop on the nose with a rusty poker. <laughs> <laughs> She's a hero. <laughs> oh my gosh. Unsung well, heroes, I don't even Harry know. Potter. I don't even know what her name is. <laughs> oh my gosh. One more honorable mention, uh, now that I've thought of it, that mirror who yells at Harry. Oh my gosh. Chuck your shirt in, Scruffy! <laughs> any Petition. of the portraits, any of the portraits, Put that light out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, it is kind of rude. It is kind of rude to just be hanging out there. Turning oh. on the lights in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Um, my other three were Mafalda Hopkirk. Yes. And then, because you like hate her in the second book. Mm-hmm. She's the one that writes the letter to Harry. Who's being you on? Yeah. She's so strict for no reason. And then in the fifth book, she's like a pal at the trial. Mm-hmm. And then in the seventh book, Hermione right. impersonates her. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I love Colin Creevy. He's the best. Cool. Shout out for him. And Dennis, who falls in the lake and gives thumbs up. Love him so much. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and then also, I feel like Charity Burbage would have been a great teacher. R.I.P. May she rest in peace. <laughs> All right, uh, next one is who do you want to travel with? Oh, I said Hermione because she'd know everything about everything. And I feel like we'd be good uh, at balancing each other out on trips because I think she'd want like a super, super set schedule and be like, we're going to do this at 9, this at 10, this at 11, and like just try and pack as much as possible into the day. And I'd be like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's calm down a little bit. <laughs> we, need, we need breaks. <laughs> we need snacks. <laughs> That makes me think of traveling with Rachel. <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, I want to go to Europe with Rachel because you know so much about it. You've already been there. Like, you mm-hmm. know where the good places are to go. So, yeah, I do agree with Hermione as being a good travel companion. But I chose Fred and George just oh. because I think it would be straight-up party every day all the time. <laughs> just always having fun, like, making the best of every situation when things go awry, like, they're making a joke about it and making it fun and finding, I don't know, the expectations versus what actually happens 
it's fun anyways. And I just want to hang out with them all the time. Truly. We love them. What a laugh. And you'd probably get Lee Jordan tagging along, too. Oh, what a dream! <laughs> He'd, like, leave for a while, and then you'd be in a completely different country, and you'd just, like, show up at whatever pub you were at, and you'd be like, oh, you found us again! But you're like, reason, yeah! I sometimes think of Lee always having his pet tarantula. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yes. On his shoulder. Yeah. You see the tarantula walk by, and you're like, isn't that? And then Lee's <laughs> shortly behind. <laughs> Love. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking Remus Lupin. Oh, oh my I just heart. feel like that would be a very calm, chill trip. We'd mm-hmm. spend a lot of time in, like, tea shops and, like, in <laughs> bookstores and stuff. I feel like we'd want to see some of the same things. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like if you go to some kind of monument to something or, like, memorial, I feel like he knows how to turn on the somber tone. <laughs> Where because he's almost always a summer kid. <laughs> pay respect to to things. I don't know. Yeah, and he that. he also teaches defense against the dark arts. So I think he'd be the kind of person who like if you're going to like magical sites or sites that have some sort of magical context, he'd probably like be breaking out the fun facts all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that would be enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Somebody breaking out the fun facts is not a super compelling reason to bring them on the trip. <laughs> Contrary to the rest of you, I'm like Hermione's li- quite literally the last person I would want to travel with. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I could be walking so speedily away from her. <laughs> uh, well, ironic because I also picked Hermione. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Because I said, like, she would be so knowledgeable and would mm-hmm. have so many interesting things to say. And then I thought, like, we would have the same travel pace and level of adventure that we'd want to pursue. And she just is always good company. So, Emma, if we ever go to Ireland, I will tone down my Hermione-ness. <laughs> and I'll tone up my Remus and, uh, Yeah, uh, my Remus Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> I will be morose and a <laughs> uh, Any honorable mentions? Honorable mention, Bill Weasley. Because oh. how cool would it be? This would be a very specific trip, but how cool would it be to go to Egypt with Bill? Amazing. Who is a curse breaker. Bob Austin. I feel like it would be nice to have Fleur... <laughs> along mm. get some of that pretty privilege you know if we need to get our way in somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. um or get access to something yeah i and feel like she French. can make friends wherever she goes absolutely i also did put down stancha bike <laughs> for travel money yeah he's on the night bus like he can take weird traveling situations like when i get really stressed out about things that go awry like he'll be taking it and I just feel like anything he says will be so funny. Like, it probably wouldn't be a long trip, but it would be a memorable one. Stan is not a deep cut character, but this is a deep cut travel companion. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stan! <laughs> Next one is favorite villain. Um, I said Rita Skeeter because I love to hate Rita Skeeter. Oh my god! The amount of rage that built up in 10-year-old Sarah reading Rita Skeeter's articles, oh especially gosh. the one about... Uh, Harry and Hermione, I just, I could not contain my, ra- I mean, I could, I could contain <laughs> it, but I just, I was so Running through the house, <laughs> breaking things, throwing things off the shelves. the year I was arrested for a wild, <laughs> I was unruly. Uh, I became an arsonist. <laughs> Burning no. down things. Not containing my rage as a ten-year-old me, it was more me just being like, <laughs> Breathing heavily. <laughs> I became a mouth breather. 
mad at her horrible lies and that people believed her. That mm. also made me angry, especially when Hermione got hate mail, which mm-hmm. is something that we don't see in the movies, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Yes. My favorite villain is Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> um, of course, you don't really, I don't know, recognize his true villainous nature until the end of the second book. But I just think he's hilarious the whole time. Like, I probably would hate to meet him in real life. But I think he's very entertaining. One of my favorite parts of the second book. And then the fifth book? Mm-hmm. When they go to um, the hospital and he's there. <laughs> he's so funny. It <laughs> <laughs> is great. I love him. He's so funny and I just love him. Also, since I listened to the books, I absolutely adore Jim Dale's voice for Gilroy Lockhart and the way that he portrayed Gilroy. It was just hilarious. This is not, like, one of the main villains or anything, but none of ours have been so far, so... But Blaze Zabini... Oh, oh my um, gosh. I kind of forgot about my feelings for Blaze, but, like, <laughs> now that we've been reading again, he's so relatable. He I love to hate him. I love to love him. And I know, I feel like of all the Slytherins, like, he's one that's not, like, outwardly, like, just, <laughs> you hate him. Like, he's, he's just rude and, like, doesn't, like, he's, he, I don't know, he's not trying to be especially kind or polite. I, I just, if he's so funny at the slug parties. <laughs> I just feel like he's aloof. He's not, like, yeah. this terrible person. Where like morally flawed. He's the type who will like make eye contact with Harry and then just like look away. <laughs> <laughs> no. Harry will say something directly to him and he just doesn't walks say anything. <laughs> yeah, looks at him with disdain and then walks. Not worth my time. Oh, I my. love his pompous attitude. Amazing. Uh my favorite villain, I have so many. It was painful not to pick Lucius, but Wow, I didn't know. choose. It's he's yeah. an honor. He's my first honorable mention. It just feels like he is so close to like being this terrible racist that I have moral <laughs> complications. Wow, <laughs> with picking him as my favorite. Fair. So I went with Barty Crouch, which also mm-hmm. like there are a lot of moral complications there. Barty Crouch Jr. Yes, Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> Junior. Um, I just feel like he's such a compelling villain and probably the most interesting and like well written and he's only in one book and it's so sad but the method acting on this man holy cow what a hero he commits <laughs> say what you will about him but he commits he commits <laughs> um, I just think he like book wise like from his childhood and Barty Crouch and that influence and then just everything that he ends up doing and how he's so convinced himself into this world and this kind of alternate reality of like what is best and what he thinks he is and what Voldemort will do for him. I don't know. There's just he's a very compelling character. So I also love David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish that I could like erase my memory for a little bit of the fourth book and read it. Yes. And have that so reveal good. at the end. It's, it's just so amazing. Good. Yes. Incredible. Any honorable mentions? Uh, Barney Crouch Jr. was an honorable mention for me. Uh, I put Aragog. (laughs) (laughs) Aragog's not super a villain, but he does try to kill Harry and Ron, so I guess that counts. But it's a pretty villainous thing to do. (laughs) Um, I just think he's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Literally what? (laughs) I just think he's a real fun guy. (laughs) 
With his milky eyes and his murderous attitude. See, this is me relating to my Myers Briggs character Hagrid. Just like having this um, friend <laughs> that can talk a talking spider. <laughs> so <laughs> real cute. Do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> having this friend. I don't know. I don't who think just so happens <laughs> to be a spider. Tarantulas don't scare me as much as me. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like other tarantulas don't scare me as much as Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel probably ranks higher than a tarantula on my list. You're like honorable serious. mention of Harry Potter villains. <laughs> Rachel felt honestly valid. <laughs> um, um, I also love. My favorite line is, goodbye, friends of Hagrid. <laughs> that is a good one. I also like Bellatrix Lestrange, of course. Mm-hmm. I did have Bellatrix down. As an she is evil, but she is complex. Yes. And just speaking about committed, like... Yeah, no, I admire her. Um, she's seeing it through. Yeah. She's, <laughs> no matter if, what new information may come up... She is 100 or nothing. Like, there is yep. no in-between. There is yep. no chill. <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> Obviously, Lucius. And really, like, more uh, Jason Isaacs portraying Lucius mm-hmm. than, like, book Lucius. But I just love Jason Isaacs so much <laughs> that Lucius is... One of my favorite characters. Um, and then shouts to my man, Igor. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Igor Karkaroff. <laughs> I have games. So. <laughs> that was probably my best line I've said in my whole life. I agree, I clearly. It's <laughs> lingering with me years later. We did a Christmas party, and it's probably one of the best costume ones, I think, for everyone mm-hmm. across the board. And that was my line as Igor Karkaroff. Alright, it's time, speaking of, sponsor stories. It's time for sponsor stories. Since HPBC has a lot of lore in and of itself, we're gonna do two sponsor stories this episode, and Sarah and Lauren have picked one, and then Emma and I have picked one jointly to share as well. Sarah and Lauren. Um, this episode is partly sponsored by Off-Brand Butterbeer. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! <laughs> Um, that what I our, do? <laughs> it had to be mentioned. One of our Harry Potter book club parties, we was it a Halloween one or I think it was one? just a meeting. Um, well, or anyways, like maybe a book ending. Okay, a book ending, ending party. party. Yeah, yeah and, like was watch the movie. Some kind of special gathering, but not like a full off. Yeah. We weren't dressed up, so we wanted to do treats, and Rachel suggested we do butterbeer, and she would use one of the recipes from Pinterest. Um, okay, but... in my defense, I did not have the right equipment. <laughs> Shade on Sarah's apartment. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was no microwave. Um, there was a stove top, though. <laughs> we it... did not have the time to melt it. So it turned into just like cream soda with chunks of butter in it. <laughs> chunks of butter. And like people floating in the top. Like actually tried to drink it, so that is true friendship right yes. there. Like. We made a valiant People took effort. a sip and then, like, straight up gagged. And I was requesting that everybody have to try it. <laughs> okay. Because That's how I did talk. not try it, but I had, I, I found myself in a position where I was having to fake that. <laughs> so my lips remained closed, but I remember having to go through the potion of Stop. tipping it toward my mouth and it running up against my lips and then it quickly going back Feeling the, the butter chunks hit oh, okay. 
So I'm not sure why I would have done that unless somebody had specifically said, I require that everyone try this. I mean, that does sound like me, but also I would hope in that heaven real when we wash our lives again, it is not so. In that heaven real. I'm really glad I'm not the only one who imagines the heaven real. If I don't get the heaven real, so help me. She's a historian. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was not my finest hour. Emma and I are presenting the Forbidden Forest Halloween party. Um, Emma just nods in the corner. <laughs> uh, so from the beginning to the very end, we picked up, this is when, let's see, what year was this? 2019? Mm-hmm. It's 2019. 2019. <laughs> so Lauren and I drove from Salt Lake and we picked up Emma because she was living with her aunt and I was already in costume. I was dressed yeah. up as... I had my materials, but I had not gotten full in costume. As did Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> I was Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rafe. And <laughs> you were, were you driving the car? No, I was. Okay. was. That's right. But we would listen to my Halloween CD and, like, make it about Lord Voldemort. Because <laughs> Lord Voldemort was, of course, a character. <laughs> yes. And for some reason, I have this memory of... I think you misunderstood something I said, and you thought I, like, talked about Anne of Green Gables, and so, like, it became canon <laughs> that Lord Voldemort loves Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. And then we took it so much further, where, we, where you were like, you were like, Voldemort walked around <laughs> campus and like interacted with some people. Yeah. 
Because for those of you who don't know, <laughs> the way the BYU <laughs> campus is set up and, like, with most of the buildings, they're not super easily accessible from a parking lot, or at least not <laughs> any, like, student parking lots where people can actually park. Yes. So you're kind of having to, to get really anywhere. You're having to do some significant, not significant, but you're having to walk on sidewalks <laughs> and stuff to, to access the buildings. They're kind of all located in the center, so... <laughs> You don't, there's not really a way to go straight from car to building. <laughs> Succinctly. Nor would Lord Voldemort have wanted to. So. <laughs> I do specifically remember one guy being like, some older guy being like, hey, cool ghost. And Voldemort turns and like, I am not a ghost, I'm a dark lord. <laughs> and he's like, what? Okay. It was amazing to have Lord Voldemort's point of view on one of my art shows. <laughs> That should be, we should track down those, well, track down, I say that like I don't look at these pictures at least once a week, (laughs) but um, we should have one of those pictures be on the post that announces this, because it's got to be, because Voldemort also dueled Burgum at some point, (laughs) and said, I can touch you now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you have those pictures? I do. I do. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Then we finally make it to Sarah's apartment for the actual party. <laughs> and I have to say, these are my proudest decorations. Like, we yes. had a Dementor, we had a fake Aragog, we had spider webs. Sarah had bats everywhere. It was incredible. And then... Oh, and Sarah's costume, too. Yes, well, I was going to say, Voldemort was quickly joined <laughs> by an official Dobby, Professor Quirrell, with... Voldemort on the back of his head. It was very, like, trippy and meta. <laughs> Two Voldemorts in the same room. <laughs> And he was confronted with the reality of the situation. <laughs> Probably the worst photo that's ever been taken of me is one where Rachel is standing behind me as a Voldemort, and I'm in front as Quirrell, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but then, possibly the most amazing costume of the night, because it was Forbidden Forest theme, so everyone who was there was because of the Forbidden Forest, and uh, Emma came as Unicorn Blood. <laughs> It was like something that's, yes. something that's found in the Forbidden Forest, but yes. I was like, what could I do? <laughs> that was so amazing. I actually don't remember how Dobby relates to the, the Forbidden, Forbidden Forest. Forest. I think Laura just really wanted to be Dobby and we were like, yeah, <laughs> that, that All right, so that works. said, we'll allow it. <laughs> I came up with some way he connected, but I can't I think remember. so. No, um, I think I was just like, I'm just going to be Dobby. <laughs> But uh, we did have a great meal, some soup and little cauldrons. Yes! <laughs> my favorite soup! And here is me redeeming myself. I made pumpkin juice, and it was actually it was, palatable. It was very good. Well, we left out the butter this time. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I think this was our best Halloween party. Like, obviously 2020 was... Uh, Touch and go for vir- all of us. Virtual. We had our, villi- our Malfoy Manor. And our first one was underprepared. I will say myself. Um, but this one I was just... I remember. What was the first one? Uh, it was the death day party. But was, that was oh, that was good. It was in conjunction with reading. So it was Lucius and Arthur and Harry that and Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my best one because I brought pictures for you guys. That's true. That was so iconic. Amazing. And, like, the Malfoy Manor one was still very fun with our dark arts and crafts. And mm-hmm. yes. dark <laughs> arts and crafts. <laughs> We had Bellatrix and Barty Crouch and Jacius oh, and Draco, <laughs> and it was pretty great. It was so good. I completely forgot about this. <laughs> I could not have pulled that out of my mind. Oh my gosh, I mailed you all the supplies. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You remembered the 
HPPC records when even I had forgotten. The um, <laughs> 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 Emma's just tickled. Oh my gosh. But at this one, we painted pumpkins, and then we made recordings of us reading the books and our character voices, and those are iconic. So, Forbidden Forest Party was a gem. Alright, moving back into our episode. Thanks for bearing with us as we went down a real deep memory lane trip. <laughs> yeah, sorry As per that. usual. <laughs> it's pretty standard. Non-human character. Fox, the phoenix. <laughs> he's just very beautiful, and he saves Harry's life, and... I don't know, phoenixes are magical. Uh, and my favorite Harry Potter drawing that I did when I was ten was my phoenix that i sent it's so cute oh my gosh so i have already talked about dobby but i wrote him down again because he's not a human and he's my favorite and i know lots of people don't like him and i really i don't love him in the movies agreed but something in the books i think also i didn't super love him until i was listening to the books for hpbc the first time and Jim Dale's version of Dobby's voice, and I don't know, Dobby's just so caring and, like, so worried about Harry, and he's just so, so nice. I think also he reminds me a little bit of E.T., so. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that tracks. That's, once I was in love with E.T., then I had to love Dobby, so. Um, for me, it probably has to be some of those centaurs, I think they're so <laughs> pretentious and obnoxious, uh, which I love. Some of those centaurs. <laughs> um, I'm, I was going to say, I'm like, Ferenc is, is, is a pretty chill centaur, so I don't even know if he's the one that I see as an icon. Maybe it's mm-hmm. Bane. Mm-hmm. Or Ronan. Or Ronan. <laughs> yeah, Ronan's the worst. <laughs> uh, so, I yeah, it would probably be one of those, but there are many honorable mentions for non-human Excellent. I, of course, went with the phoenix fox as well. Um, uh, I I think there's just so much strength and endurance and that whole, I mean, it's a phoenix, right? It's not a a new symbol, but just that rebirth and Mm -hmm. continually retrying. And um, I love that, like, the tears are good. Like, his tears are healing and tears are healing. It's okay to cry. I love that. And I just... It's one of my favorite scores is the Fox the Phoenix and yes. the music there. And so I just, I absolutely have always loved Fox. And also Fox kind of breaks your heart in uh, the sixth book. Mm, the, the song. When he's, yes. Yeah, when he's singing. Because I just imagine it being the most mournful, mm-hmm. piercing. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Any honorable mentions? Miss, there are many honorable mentions over there. Uh, of course there are. I, some of my favorite characters are the non-human ones. Um, one of the questions in the 30 was, like, favorite ghost. Um, as soon as I said what my favorite ghost was, I realized that wasn't my favorite ghost. Oh, <laughs> inaccurate. Is your actual favorite the Grey Lady? Yeah, I was thinking Me about too! I was like, dang, I just, as soon as I said it, I was like, no, I like the Grey Lady, which incidentally... <laughs> is connected to the Bloody Baron, which is the one that I said was my favorite. I like the Grey Lady. She's lovely. Um, I think she's a very important character. Um, I love Arnold the Pygmy Puff. Oh my yes. gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Who has not a single speaking line nor definable action. <laughs> um, but, you know, is really, you know, wins over the hearts. 
and minds of the readers and viewers anyway. Um, Buckbeak is very sassy. I love Buckbeak. We love, we love Bucky. Buckbeak is an honorable mention for me. Same. I put both Winky and Creature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what else. All the house elves. I have Winky for a different answer oh, later on. Okay. Interesting. Winky breaks by heart, but mm-hmm. she's so funny just sitting in the corner and drinking. I also had Winky as an honorable mention just because justice for Winky! She wasn't in the movies at all, and she is such an integral part of the Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just upsetting. Yes. And also, now that Lauren has said creature, I do have, I almost said feelings for creature. Feelings, <laughs> I like, do. strong feelings around I creature. I will admit, <laughs> it is now time to divulge that I do have feelings. <laughs> I've been harboring feelings for creature for quite some time <laughs> now. Um, and I think now's the time to come clean about that. Oh my gosh. Just, his story is so tragic and so sad. And that's one of my favorite chapters in the entire series is Creature's Tale in book seven. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm obsessed with Creature being like, that boy over there thinks that he can do whatever he wants, but Creature <laughs> doesn't like that. <laughs> and they're like, Creature, I can hear you. Yes. Lauren Unhinged would just be like in the corner talking about people. <laughs> Combination of Creature and Winky with some yeah. with drinking in the corner. Butter beer with chunks of butter in it. Hey. <laughs> hey now. I also had the giant squid because what an oh icon. Oh my gosh, yes. And the basilisk. I love the basilisk so much. <laughs> Such a hero. Spooky. More on the basilisk next episode. Yes. <laughs> to come later. Um, alright. Number seven is uh, who would you want to meet down a dark alley? Who would you like to see in your time of need? I said Sirius Black. Because I think that he would be excellent for a situation like that, like, if I'm in a, a dodgy place and I feel like I need some backup or I just don't feel safe. Uh, Sirius is a very loyal friend and he's very good at magic, even if he is a little bit, uh... Rough around the edges. Rough around the edges <laughs> is a good way to put it. He's um, hot-headed. <laughs> yes, he is hot-headed and, uh, I think... In a situation like that, that would be a comfort to me because I feel like he has very fast reflexes. Mm-hmm. So if anything was to happen, he'd have my back. Um, I also put Sirius Black. Oh! <laughs> what? I think also, like, he has this reputation um, that would scare people. Like, if Good you're point. in this dark place, everyone recognizes him and they're like, oh, don't want to mess with him. So, like, he's a good person to have by your side in a dark alley. And also, he can turn into this vicious dog that can protect mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All the reasons you said. <laughs> He's very loyal, and somehow it would bring Lee Jordan out to say, "Cool dog, Harry." <laughs> <laughs> he pokes his head out of Bergen and Burks <laughs> as they're down <laughs> the Nocturne Alley. <laughs> cool dog. <laughs> Lee, what are you doing here? He's gonna see Lee, but he's like, "Was that Lee Jordan?" He's <laughs> the only person who's ever said that to me. <laughs> I have several answers. I'm so pleased that everyone said Sirius Black. Weirdly, my first thought was Harry. Mm. Because I'm like, talk about surviving yeah. impossible situations or like quick and creative thinking. I feel like of all the all the people in the in the book, mostly because he's, you know, our fearless protagonist <laughs> who is does is not especially fearless, has many fears, but um 
and and has to kind of survive those situations but also i'm like if i were like a neville or a luna or really any member of the order of not order of phoenix dumbledore's army um i i'm like i i would totally follow harry into battle because i'd be like well he i mean he knows about this stuff and also knows how it is to be the underdog kind of mm. where i feel like with a lot of members of the order of the phoenix they they're like very strong um wizards so they might not necessarily know if they are actually outnumbered they might not know how to grapple with that but harry is usually outnumbered <laughs> and out, overpowered um but somehow finds a way to wiggle out of that yeah i like that i picked molly weasley Oh, yes. Um, I think that, like, to be so stressed and scared in this dark alley, she would provide a lot of comfort, but also, like, is very strong and protective. She's very real and has so much love to give, and it's, like, very fierce. And, yeah, I think that she's kind of underestimated a lot of the times, but, like, she killed Bellatrix. Like, (laughs) she's a very capable (laughs) witch and is very strong and, again, would just be such a good protective force. Any honorable mentions? Honorable mention, Nymphadora Tonks. Mmm, good one. Because this is going to sound silly, but uh, I feel like Tonks would be one of those fighters who, when you're, like, casting spells at people, she'd turn around and make some witty remark about what's happening. Yeah. And I just think that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And also, she's a very caring person and very outgoing, and... uh, I think it would be, she'd be easy to spot, too. So if I'm in a pickle and I see some pink hair, I'm like, oh, blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blessed. (laughs) My honorable mention, Kingsley Shacklebolt, of course. Classic. Because, again, he's just a comforting presence. Um, And I feel like he's usually wearing something kind of flashy, so he stands out. Um, But also... I feel like some, even though in, if we're in Nocturnale, there is kind of a threat, or it's assumed that there's the potential for there being a threat, I feel like when I look to people for comfort or, like, for a familiar face, it's more, like, for a smile or for, like, Reassurance. just a, yeah, like, a positive presence rather than necessarily protection, so mm-hmm. I also thought of, like, a Weasley twin oh, of them yes. being, like, they might not know what to do at all, but they'd be, like... Oi, what are you doing here? You know, like... I love that. And it would be like, hey, wait, wait, what are you... Oh, whoa, we're in a situation. You know, it would be very collaborative. I also wrote down Hagrid, because, you know, he does that. And Arthur Weasley. I don't know that he would be, like, the best defender or anything like that, but I just find so much comfort in Arthur. Mm -hmm. He does feel like a good protector. I think Minerva McGonagall would also be someone... I didn't write her down, but she would also be someone that I'd be like... Well, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so. But at the same time, I feel like she's on the same lines as Dumbledore, which why I wouldn't want to run into Dumbledore is probably because I feel like I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> right? I'd be like, me? What do I do? Like, how do so I? Stress. How do I help you? <laughs> Can I help you? It's like when when people are uh, like when we were moving and like Niles carrying something big and heavy and I'm like, uh, can I can I help you? And I'm just, I'm, I know I'm just in the way, right. but I feel bad that he's doing most of the heavy lifting. I'm like, I. Um, it would take Sorry. away some stress, but add a new, different kind of yes. stress. <laughs> Allow me to inconvenience you with my desire to help. Exactly. <laughs> All right, next one is, who would you pick for a bad roommate? I said Gilderoy Lockhart. 
Because can you imagine having a million... I mean, we're sitting in Emma's room right now, which has a million pictures of Harry Styles on the wall. <laughs> but can you imagine having, like, a million pictures of your roommate around, mm-hmm. and they can talk to you, and they do talk to you, mm-hmm. and they, like, brag to you about their accomplishments and ask you what you're doing and are just so invasive. And make and... you listen to clips of them singing. Yes! <laughs> like, like, my room... My room is my nice, quiet space... And I need that, and mm-hmm. I think Gilderoy Lockhart would be the absolute worst to have as a roommate. Um, I said Lavender Brown. Oh, that is a good one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like get strong a hold of agree. Oh my gosh! It's strong like, agree. <laughs> oh my gosh! Mostly I'm just thinking about when she and Ron are dating and just yeah. constantly kissing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I'm, but in real life, I I know that. Ron always would have been in her room, like, would have been kissing all the time, and then I would never feel comfortable going into my room, mm-hmm. like, it would become, like, I, it wasn't my room anymore, I'd sleep on the couch, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I just feel like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't get along with Lavender very well, so. I know, I was thinking, like, she's only really bad at book six, but the only thing about, like, how obsessed she is with divination, and, like, some of the things that she does, <laughs> you're just like, She's intense. (laughs) And that she named her rabbit Binky. (laughs) I mean, Loki, I would also do that because of Arthur. Well, that's different. She doesn't have that excuse. Sarah has a lot of aggression toward Lavender. (laughs) She wasn't even the one to suggest it, but all of a sudden she's like, she names her rabbit Binky. (laughs) (laughs) So much anger. Well, I hate PDA. Oh my and gosh. also, what does that I hate, have to do with Binky? I hate, I hate baby voices. No, I'm just being angry at Lavender. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm taking it out on the name of her rabbit. Uh, amazing. Winky. Mm. <laughs> Not Binky. Intake of breath. Uh, yeah, I was remembering, and then I was like, am I saying this wrong? Because we just said Binky. Um, yeah, Char just being miserable. And being like, oh, it's me. <laughs> you know, like. And then the frustration of that, the fact that to most people it seems like it's a good thing and being like, just move on, you know? Like, mm-hmm. why don't you, you know, just start a life and you, you're working in the kitchens and you can just, you know, Dumbledore is, appreciates you and her being like, but my master! I would just get really tired really fast of <laughs> providing any emotional support. Because yeah. I'm like, something I can't understand at all. Oh, but that just shows you how good Dobby is. Like, he never gives up on Winky, and yeah. he's always yeah. trying to help Winky. And Oh, Dobby, I love you, Dobby. On that character test that we were taking, that like, rated us with the characters, I think Dobby was, like, quite literally my last one. <laughs> <laughs> my least similar. Um, I originally put down Lockhart as well for a lot of the reasons you stated. I just wouldn't, I don't feel like he'd help out and I don't want to live with so many Lockharts and <laughs> you do run the risk of being obliviated if you do anything successful. <laughs> um, but I'm going to switch because Emma has inspired me to pick Moaning Myrtle as oh, the first Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> because for many of the same reasons that she yes. would just be very obnoxious to live with and anything you say can be misconstrued and... Yeah. Also, she's just always going to show up at the mist, like the worst times, and probably like when you're taking a shower and you're like, Myrtle, personal space and boundaries, <laughs> and she's like, I don't understand those words because she like creeps real hard on Harry in the bathtub, so. Hate, hate, hate. <laughs> Especially hate the movie scene of I, that. Yes. <laughs> she's the type who, yeah, like Winky, where I'm like, I could probably 
have some sympathetic conversations. I'd be annoyed, but I could, like, keep my cool for about a week <laughs> of those conversations of being like, no, yeah, like, no, that totally makes sense. Why you'd still be upset about that? And then after that, I'd be like, I can't do this anymore. Right. And also, like, <laughs> since she's a ghost, there is literally no keeping her out of anywhere. Like, no. Yes. She doesn't will sleep either. No more. <laughs> well, and if you do anything to upset her, she will talk about it for hundreds of years. <laughs> She'll never forgive you. Yeah. Any honorable mentions? I did also put down Umbridge, but that's just because Ugh. she's the worst. <laughs> and can you imagine, like, the lectures you would get? Mm. Like, the cats alone on the Oh on my the gosh, yes. With like, the decor, I'd be like, I can't take it. The pink, the bows. And the also just plates. like, oh, if something was out of line, we were all like, you're like, oh, we should probably try and do our dishes better. And she would, like, have this, you know, declaration posted somewhere <laughs> and be so obnoxious. <laughs> just the worst. Apartment degree number 28. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who would you make into a real person? I had such a hard time with this one because I love so many characters. So my first instinct was to say Remus Lupin, but I ended up going with Minerva McGonagall uh, because I want to take a class from her. <laughs> I want to ask mm. for her advice. Uh, and it sounds weird, but I really want an art critique from her because Ooh. she'd be very, very blunt. <laughs> But also in, like, the most supportive way. Yeah. If she liked me, which I hope she would. <laughs> um, but also, I've been thinking about, because uh, I'm going into my last semester of college, and I'm talking to a lot of professors about my final show, I was thinking, like, how incredible would it be if your faculty advisor was Minerva McConaughey? Seriously. Incredible. <laughs> to have that kind of one-on-one -on -one time with such an amazing person. What a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Hold what on. a dish. I chose Cedric Diggory. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that I could marry him. <laughs> and of course he wouldn't be 16 or oh. 17. <laughs> he would be my age. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> my first thought was Tom Riddle. Because oh I was my like, gosh. Oh, figure. Then I was like, wait, that's exactly the, the wrong point of this. <laughs> that's exactly the wrong direction. That's exactly what we doomed us all to die. don't want to be real. Um, distraction. Uh, yeah, I'm not thinking about this along the right lines. So then I'm also thinking like Celestina Warbeck. Oh like, my gosh. I guess Remus Lupin. I think I would like to... I feel like I would like to run things by him or yeah. like have him as some, like a confidant and also like an advisor okay you all knew that i was gonna pick rebus lupin it's <laughs> not a surprise at all he is the true hero of the books he's my favorite character uh he just provides so much comfort wisdom and courage and like he's not without his faults and his weaknesses and i think there's a lot to learn from that as well and yeah he's so good at doling out advice but i think a lot of people have this image of rebus lupin as like always sad and always somber and always like just quiet and alone, but, like... At he... me earlier in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, he was one of the marauders, mm -hmm. even, because what he's, like, the, the burden that he's carrying is being a werewolf, plus all the trauma he goes through in his later life. But, like, he was one of the marauders. He has a lot of humor, and, like, that comes out, even in the third book, when he, like, pranks Peeves in front of the class. Like, I think he is... A delight to be around. He's not like this bummer to to hang out with, or no. this like always serious person. He's like a very well rounded character. So. Well, and like we talked about a little bit earlier, he he knows a lot. Like he's very knowledgeable, and I think he'd be a very interesting person to talk to. Yes, and good for advice because he does know so much. Yeah, and um, also just so thoughtful. At any point mm -hmm. in the book, 
and you're reading it, it's like, oh, they all go to visit Arthur, and then Remus notices that there's this werewolf guy next to them, and, like, he leaves the group and goes to, like, yeah. talks to the one that has nobody to talk to, and oh. so just appreciate the way that he's always aware. So. I think probably somber Lupin mostly comes from the movies, because... Mm-hmm. You don't really see another side of him in the movies. I, like, I love David Thewlis, so I like I love the movies. <laughs> and I love Lupin in the movies. I feel like he just doesn't have enough screen time. But I'm also like, he literally brought out a record to listen to. to yes, do I love that part. So. <laughs> I love that part. But anyway. I just think he was written for the movies in a very... In a different light. Especially the later movies. He yeah. isn't really there. Anyway, that is for another episode. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, any honorable mentions? I also did put down McGonagall's an honorable mention. So. Um, I had Tonks as an honorable mention, because I think she'd just be such a fantastic friend. Mm. The Pygmy Puffs. Because <laughs> 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 I want to see what they actually look like in real life, and I want one. <laughs> and you have to tell everybody what the name would be. Um, my, well, I currently have a Pygmy Puff bought from Universal Studios Harry Potter World, and his name is Barty Poof. He went through a naming ceremony and everything. (laughs) What's the second one you got? (laughs) Well, I can only remember that I wanted to name it Poofy Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's maybe maybe what what it's named. The video? Um, And then it's just Poofy for short, because that's supposed to be kind of like Winky, but still... I think that is right. Poofy Girl. (laughs) Poofy Girl, but I think the naming ceremony was just Poofy. (laughs) (laughs) But I want a real life Big Me Pop so bad. <laughs> Trying to think of somebody who I'd actually get along with in real life because Tonks comes to mind, but I also think she's a little spirited for my <laughs> my taste. I don't know that we'd necessarily have a lot to talk about. I mean, but, but you you deal with that. Like I was dancing in an antique shop yesterday with Emma, and she dealt with it. So <laughs> <laughs> I was also speaking in an accent by then. So. <laughs> person and of course Sirius Black he's not so much somebody that I'd want to get advice from but I just want to like I like his sass <laughs> and his fire our last category have you are you still there is anybody still listening to this podcast <laughs> I don't even know if all of us still are <laughs> I mean I am because I'm editing the darn thing but uh the last category is major real life vibes and this is a category that Emma submitted and I really struggled with. <laughs> but, Sarah? Um, I chose Mrs. Weasley uh, and Niles Oma for this. Mm. So, we just visited her um, last week, and that's why we were in California. Um, and she has a very beautiful, very overflowing garden in the front and in the back of her house, and it just gives me very The Burrow vibes. Aww. And, like, they're... Um, all sorts of like, like she has tiles and things that she's laid down herself in her garden and she has like singular tiles that are decorated and, um, little figurines. She even has gnomes, (laughs) (laughs) which they are the Santa Claus kind, not the potato head kind, like in the books. Oh my gosh. Um, and she has, uh, this one vase that's shaped like a, a woman's head and, uh, out of the top are coming some succulents. She has a lot of succulents and she's just the nicest but also fiery, spirited woman. And also, 
she is very small, which is how I picture Mrs. Weasley. So. <laughs> I love that. I also picked Mrs. Weasley, mm. but Emma's mom. Oh, I don't know. She has all the qualities, like yeah. just so nurturing and loving and accepting of all of her kids, and mm-hmm. um, really wants all of them to succeed and loves them so much. And then, like adopting, like Molly adopts Harry pretty much, and basically becomes his mom, his mother figure, and she's adopted all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we come, it's our, she's our second mom. Yeah, and I, it's not like she's this pushover either, or like, no, Mm -hmm. like, she's (laughs) fierce and, like, very funny, Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, yeah, and she, like, gardens and takes care of the goats, and Mm -hmm. she's, she's just like Molly Weasley. Yes. I hate to bring up Sirius Black again, but... I Do saw you really hate to? I just, I wish, I, like, I swear I know other characters. Um, I mean, I don't think that there's any doubt in that, like, how much you passionately went on about Bob Hawkins. Yes. Like, <laughs> Sirius Black, I saw somebody recently talk about, I, I really love this Italian rock band, Monuskin, um, and they're just, like, just really edgy, but also, like, very hardcore but also really cutesy and soft at times and I saw somebody be like I'm sad that Sirius Black isn't around just because he would have loved Monty Skin oh. and I was like that is so true oh my gosh it would be precisely his vibes oh um so so the lead singer I'm like kind of reminds me of Sirius Black Amazing. in some ways um at certain points in his life but you go first, Rachel, because I'm going to need to come back. Okay. Um, well, I feel kind of... I'm glad hopefully you'll come up with something better, because I feel like mine's pretty... Wah-wah. Um, <laughs> I went with Professor Sinistra? Sinistra? I don't know. Sinistra. Yeah, there it is, that pronunciation. Well, I mean, that's just how I say it. It's not in the movies. So <laughs> right. As Swenson. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because at least three of the four know. I don't know. Did you ever have a class from Swenson, Sarah? But I've met him. Swenson, okay. Swenson, So, yeah. Swenson. So, like, all of us know him. Um, Emma and I have had a classroom, and he's in Lauren's ward. <laughs> he was my Trek uncle. Yes. <laughs> so, I, and I also took, like, I think in my art history minor, you have to take, like, seven or eight classes, and I took all of them except for one from Swenson. Wow. <laughs> so. I um, did not realize you've taken that many I'm classes. I'm a big Swenson <laughs> fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Sinestra, Sinestra, how you want to say this, uh, is just a very kind of, like, low-key background character, but pretty cool um there's not a lot of drama that happens and i feel like it's a it's a girl isn't it mm-hmm. she like pops up unexpectedly but is like renowned to be a great professor and that feels very true with swenson like we don't think of swenson that often but like he do- when, when we do when we discuss him we're like yeah swenson or he like will randomly show up in different parts of my life and i'm always like swenson <laughs> So, yeah, that was my answer, because I stewed over this for far too long. <laughs> and here, here is why I had to go with an obscure character, is because I would pick someone to represent someone in my real life, and I'd be like, but this flaw doesn't match up. <laughs> yeah. I, like, way overthought it. Classic. <laughs> now that well, because be- you don't want to say it and then be like, wait, but I'm not saying you're flawed in this right? same way. <laughs> See, like, this person is Tom Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big Tom Riddle energy because you're you're bitter about who your parents are, but you didn't kill anyone yet. <laughs> uh, there's the accent. <laughs> Let it go. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, 
part of, I just started thinking about, like, my siblings or immediate family because I was, to, to narrow it down. But I'm like, I guess part of the reason I like Blazony for exactly the reasons I was talking about before. He does remind me of my oldest brother. Oh. My oldest brother's very much that way. Um, of just, like, of course, my oldest brother also has a lot of positive qualities that we don't necessarily get to see with Blaze, but I, I think, I'd like to think that he's, you know, he's more kind of compassionate or... He's not rude to all his friends, but just, like, the people who he feel like he doesn't have time for, he's like, I'm not going to mince words or <laughs> waste attention on this. <laughs> you, I don't need to speak to you. Amazing. Okay, this is so fun. Our first HBBC episode. And I feel like when we did go to our first meeting, eventually we may talk more about, like, the history of HBBC in more detail. But I remember going to it and thinking, like, Oh, it'd be really fun if we like had a podcast where we could talk about all this mm-hmm. and like yes, it's been realized. <laughs> We've had an episode and yeah, it's pretty great. This is why we made the podcast precisely <laughs> <laughs> like, for this very moment. moment. <laughs> wow. Quick reminder that this month's film for the ABTTG Film Club is Fantastic Mr. Fox. If you watch it, we would love to hear your thoughts and review. So send it over to us at abttg95 at gmail.com. And you'll also be eligible to purchase a $1 pin or $2 magnet of the collectible monthly pin art inspired by Fantastic Mr. Fox and created in collaboration with Sarah Stoddard, who was featured in this very episode. Hana, come join the club. Watch it. Let us know. See you next time. Wow. You took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. I feel like we should have had some sort of Harry Potter. Say it in a British accent. <laughs> you took the words in a Dobby accent. Okay, good. <laughs>
guard, you're gonna have to. Oh. Guard timer. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I think I might have been laughing.